looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. You've got the power! Take it, Ross. <laughs> You've got the touch. Ross and I were just singing here. Hey, welcome back. We didn't do a show last yeah. week, Ross. Yeah, I know. And we're going to yeah. prep people here today. This is going to be about a half hour. Okay. Yeah, we, well, we're, we, we're busy guys. We got stuff to do. It's March out. Um, oh, yeah. We were just... Uh, that, that song, by the way, is from a, a great movie called Boogie Nights, if you haven't seen that. Um, Dirk Diggler. When, I don't, when I think of Boogie Nights, Dirk Diggler is not the first name that comes to my mind. Really? Roller girl. It's the first thing I think of. Oh. Yeah, she was so You're hard. one of those guys Heather. that likes naked girls. I see. <laughs> I see what this is all about. Heather Graham? Heather Graham. Man. Yep. And and then she was also the girl in Hangover, right? That had the, uh, the baby. Had the baby. Yeah, not to out you, Ross, but have you ever had sex with a woman while wearing roller skates? No. Okay, just checking. No, have you? No. Rollerblades? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't that hasn't happened either, man. True story. I've uh, never I've skate, never no. I've never rollerbladed in my life. Neither that, have I. That was a popular thing. Yes, it was. My kid loves it. Uh, I have it, roller skated for the record. Yeah, at the rink, right? I've Correct. never roller skated outside uh, outside of a rink. I don't think. No, I haven't either. But yeah, I knew a lot of people that had rollerblades. Yeah, I just never. I don't ne- know why. Not for me. I've never been on. I'm going to really out myself here. I've never been on snow skis. I've never been on water skis. I've never been on rollerblades. I've never been on ice skates. You're not much of a doer. I am. That's the thing, man. I do a lot of things. So I've been on ice skates. I liked ice skating. I've been on uh, snow skis. Um, I have attempted to be on water skis. It didn't go well. No, I've, I've attempted that. I've done many it times. It didn't attempted. go well. My yeah. wife would say she laughs because she would say it's the one thing I'm not good at. Although I would say I, I tried to learn on the wrong lake. Oh, bad it's, water. I see. Bad, ch- bad water to ski on. Have you been to Okoboji when it's busy? Yeah, but Okoboji's a creek can be crazy it can, choppy. It can, it can yeah. white cap yeah. at Okoboji. Yeah, with so, no yeah. wind. With no wind. So it's not good. That's <laughs> yeah. not a good place to learn to water ski. You're right. It's just not. You're right. Um, my a, wife right now is shaking her head. She's bad, not here. Bad, later, bad later my wife will be shaking her head. Bad excuse and Katie's right. <laughs> That's what she's saying. That's why I love uh, your wife. Love by her. the way, we have we have breaking Hoiberg news. Wait a minute. Now this podcast is recorded. I know. And then it's and then it's played back, but you have news that is that I have is news Ho- that nobody else has about Hoiberg. About Hoiberg? Correct. No, really? Yeah. Do you want to know what it is? Absolutely. Yeah. Charterhouse Real Estate. Compliments of John Olson. Bernsey. Our great agent, John Olson, is listing a house right now. As we speak, it's like 11-something on Friday when we recorded this. It's hitting the market. Maybe not even on the market, Ross. It might be on the market in about an hour. 
that is owned by A. Hoiberg. What? Not Fred. Andrew, his brother. His brother. So, so we are listing a house that Fred Hoiberg has pro- almost pro- certainly <laughs> been inside. Now, we're going to give the address of this so people can look this up because we want someone to go buy this house. It's in Ames. Johnny, what's the address of this house? 5916 Valley Road. It is a beautiful home. I've seen the pictures. Yep, it's very nice. Yep. It's next to a brewery. Go, go buy this thing. Next if you're to, in Ames. Next to which brewery? Louisville? Oh, next to a world-class brewery. Not, not, some, not some schmucks in a garage. Dude, Burnsy. This is going to fly off the market, man. Yeah, I love, the, I love the idea. This is a home that Fred Hoiberg has almost certainly been in. When you walk through the front door, you can tell your wife that Fred Hoiberg has probably been through that same door. When you're in the basement going to the bathroom, you can tell yourself, Fred probably deuced here. (laughs) Fred may have at one point held his junk right where I'm holding mine. You know what you need? Johnny, uh, I was going to say, man, what if there's a Fred autograph somewhere in that house? Gotta be. There's gotta be one. And if not, let's put one. Yeah. I wonder if his brother can sign just like Fred. Fred. I tell you, I, I can. You, do you know? Uh, we've talked about this. You're in far enough apart from your brothers that yeah. you didn't ever have to have these one. sort of interactions. I have one brother. You said brothers. I have one. Yeah, I'm sorry, Eric. You are one. You're far nine enough years apart from nine years. Right. Yep. yep. Um, my brother and I were close enough that I had his ID. Uh, that I kind of, but my, you kind of look like your brother. I kind of look like him. That, Brad, that, that would pass. Brad is a little bit bigger than me. Yeah. He's taller. He's broad, broad shouldered. Um, but the one thing that, and I have glasses. The one thing that is the biggest difference is my brother has incredible penmanship. He's an amazing artist. He's really good with everything he does with his hands. Yeah, I'm awful. I I scribble. Yeah. Um, and dude, I have I, one of the worst signatures ever. Yeah, you and I both are just scribblers. Yeah. Um, the one time that I only got uh, my, 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 when I was using my brother's ID, it, it only didn't work. I can remember, I think one time there might've been another, um, but it was, uh, uh, like a Sitco gas station. Remember when those were really mm-hmm. popular around town? There was one right over by the fairgrounds yep. and I went in there and I bought some beer and I was like 18 years old and man, I looked like I was 12. Yeah. And, uh, guy says, what's your, uh, you know, and that was when everything was on your ID. What's your social security number? I knew my brother's social security number. I still know it. That's right. It would, that used to be the way they did it, yeah, right? Yeah. Social. Yeah. Uh, I knew his birth date. And then that, like, wait, then, wait, no, the social was never I, on there, yes, was it? it was. Yes, it was. Your social was on your driver's license. Man, and I idea. knew, I still, that's the only reason I know my brother's social security number to this okay. day. All right. Uh, and, and I had it all memorized. And the guy's going through it. And he's looking at me. He's not buying it. He's not buying it, right? And he's, and he's going. And finally, first time this ever happened, the dude slid a piece of paper across the counter and said, do your signature. <laughs> and I, like, grabbed the ID. If I remember right, I kind of, like, snatched it. I'm like, I'm just leaving. I, I'm sick of this. Yeah. Uh, how dare you question dare you, me on my line? How dare you question me? Yeah, the... Uh, no, my signature is terrible, yeah. dude. I, I had a moment a couple of years ago. Ben C., who works here, was selling for the Ankeny Chamber. And he did that because you got free trips if you sold uh, some sponsorships. So, like, Ankeny has Summerfest here every year. 
So Bensey would come to me and he would say, hey, do you want to sponsor the main stage? You know, whatever. And then he'd get some credit for that and get, go on a trip. And I had several people over there that were trying to pitch me stuff. And uh, at some point, I got a, I got a bill for something that I, that I did not remember saying yes to. And they send me, well, you, you agreed to this. You know, you signed it. It was 500 bucks or something like that. So they, so they send me this thing. I go, and my first thought was, did that butthead actually forge something and sign me up for something that I didn't agree to? Mm. Because I was thinking to myself, that doesn't look like my signature. When you first meet Ben, he's, you, can think, go, he, you I, no, can think he's a butthead. In my head, in my <laughs> head, I'm thinking like, that, that doesn't look like my signature. And then I said, let me look into this a little bit. So then I don't remember exactly what I pulled, but I pulled some old checks or I pulled something that I had signed. And I held it up and I compared it to the signature and I'm like, no, that's my signature. My signature is just that terrible. <laughs> that, that, that I don't that, recognize it. That I don't even recognize my own signature. And this particular one was really bad. And I'm like, no, that's probably mine. I just didn't remember actually doing that. Yeah. But that's how bad my signature is. I mean, in my head, you scribble, I scribble. But the scribble makes sense to me. Like I'm, I'm forming an M, I'm forming a K, I'm forming a C. I'm, for, I'm forming it all. It's just super fast. Yeah. You know? So... It doesn't actually say anything. But in this day and age, dude, you don't have to sign it. You can just stamp stuff. You ever <sighs> see that where it's just stamped? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of things. Yeah. Um, I oh, wanted good. to ask Thanks. you. Go ahead. No, this is exciting about uh, the, the Hoiberg family and, the, and, uh, and John's, John's listing. John is going to sell that. it fast. It's going to fly off the market. Uh, by the way, I sold, uh, one. I sold one in a day. I want I want to hear because you're you're speaking of buttheads. Um, I wanted you to say what happened to your your most recent listing. Oh yeah, including you don't yeah. have you don't have to throw an agent under the bus, but you had an agent that was miffed at you. And I was still trying to understand. This would be good for the listening audience okay. to, to 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 walk them through how this happened because the way you described it to me, I was thinking, okay, where was the part where you did something wrong? I don't think you did. But an agent out there in the agent universe um, is not your best friend. You won't be getting a Christmas card anymore. No, no. So um, walk, walk people, walk okay. people through um, the Cliff Notes version of of not only just what 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 you didn't do wrong, but what the market is like, what you just saw. All right, so I'll just kind of go through this from the beginning, and and yeah, this is what happened. We uh, had a house that we were putting on the market. Um, let's see, we're recording this on Friday. This was Wednesday morning. The house was going to go live. Uh, what I usually do, what I've done with the houses that I've sold so far that I've had really good luck with, um, once I get the pictures, I, I prepare the listing that the night before, and then I, I, I'm a guy that I notoriously wake up in the middle of the morning, and I mean 4.30, 5 in the morning, I'll wake up to either use the restroom or just be up for 10, 15 minutes and kind of have my brain... Be active. And so what I've done is I use that moment to then wake up and actually publish the house. And that means it goes live. The reason I do that is because when you pull up your new listings every day, they list in chronological order of how they were how they were posted. So by posting at like 4.35 in the morning, I'm always on top for that one day. Yep. But I've sold like three houses in a day. But, yep. And I think that helps. So I did that thing. I, I posted it early in the morning, five in the morning, went back to bed. By the time we woke up at like... Uh, you know, 7.30, there were already a few requests for showings. 
um, that my, my sellers re- responded to those quickly and they continued to come in all day. We had 13 showings stack up on top of each other just on Wednesday alone. Um, so Wednesday night, we it's about 7 o'clock. I'm over at mom at my dad's house and my first phone call comes in from an agent. It's this young lady who's working with a co-agent who will come into play later. And she says, uh, we have an offer on your home. We're coming in a little bit above asking price. We're taking care of the closing costs, which is a thing that is very common right now. Yep. You know, your day on the market. Yep. Uh, this It's a really good offer. Okay. Now, is this the first offer that the came very, in? Very first phone call we receive is, okay. is this is a, a, a solid offer. Okay. But they've put a timeline on it of 10 o'clock that night. Yes. Now, what they'd like, so that basically means they want a response of a counter offer yep. or, or a rejection or an acceptance of that offer. At what time was the phone call? By today, this is about 7 o'clock. So now, three hours. Okay. Yeah, but what they, they, she had sent me some documents. It was, uh, again, it's a co-listing deal. I got like the seller's disclosure and my lead-based paint, you know, some, some of the technicalities for listeners out there, some of those came back to me, but not a purchase agreement. So I reached is, out to her. Which is really the most important part. The only part that I care about. It reminds this, me of right. the Seinfeld reservation right. episode. And, 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 and it, so I reached out to her and said, hey, I received these other things. I know you meant to send me an offer also. That's when she told me about the offer. So I knew that this offer was out there. I told, they told me there was a 10 p.m. thing. You knew, but it was not official. We had, we right. had nothing in writing. Now, right. So, um, also relayed to this agent at that time, a conversation I'd had with my sellers who had been through the ringer as buyers, that anybody that, that, that they weren't going to accept an offer when there were people that were still going to be seeing the, 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 the house in this first 24 hours that we were on the yeah. market. So I told them that I said, you know, we're, we're not going to be accepting anything tonight. Certainly the, the, my, one of my seller, the, the female seller is pregnant. So he's bit to bed early. I'm at a family gathering. We're just, it's not going to be able to work quickly. And it's not fair to my sellers either to rush them through this. It's a great offer. It's above asking price. And it's covering a lot of the other, the details. Um, from 7 o'clock to about 9.30, seven offers came in on the home. Okay. So we're in a multiple offer situation. So you now have seven, eight offers on the table. You had seven, yeah, six other offers on top of the first one that came in. Came, and, and all of them the same sort of process. So... You get an email, you get a phone call, you get a text message. You're on the phone with agents. You're, you're, you're talking to your sellers, telling them what's happening. You're very busy. Um, and so at that point, we kind of decided we're shutting off all the showings. We're not going to allow anybody else to come in the home. We had some people that had, had, had some agents that had called that were coming in from out of town, from Chicago. They really wanted to see the house. They weren't going to be there till like 10 o'clock. So that we, night or the next day? The next day, the okay. next morning. So yep. what we told, I told all seven agents that had sent offers, we have, a, we have shut off showings. We're not allowing anybody else. We have an agent that has begged us to see the home, and my sellers were run through the ringers as sellers. They sellers want, are trying to be nice. They're trying this, to be fair to everybody. Yes. Yep. So they're going to allow this. And, for the record, it's their call. They'll have a decision around 1030 about what direction they want to go, Okay. And I also told each one of these agents, uh, six of the seven agents I told, one of these offers is ridiculous. Ridiculously good. Way yep. over ask. Way over ask. Yep. Not, not a couple thousand over, way over asking price. Yep. I told, and I didn't give them the details. Yep. 
And I said, so here, this is why I'm telling you that. At, at, at 11 o'clock, we're going to get together with the sellers and they're going to make one of two decisions. My advice is going to be to offer highest and best to all of you. Yep. They very well could see this one offer and say, game over, we're pulling the trigger and we're walking away. So, so everybody's on board, knows at 11.30, I'm going to tell you what direction we're going. <clears throat> so at 11.30, I sent out an email that said, we're going to do a highest and best situation. If anybody wants to try to match this offer that I've only told you is ridiculous, please send us that offer now. Some responded. Some said, you have our best offer. Thanks for letting us play. Some said, we're going to throw a couple more thousand. One offer came real close. Also threw a ridiculous offer, just not really ridiculous. Yep. So I sent out the emails at 2.30 that said, sorry, your bid was not the winning bid. Wish I had 20 of these houses to hand out. Hope everybody is good moving forward. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got an email back from the first agent, again, the co-listing agent. So not the young lady that had reached out to me initially and I'd had the conversations with, but the co-listing agent. The other agent that had not even been involved up yeah, to Yeah, had, had sent me some of the docs. You know what I mean? There had been yeah. some things back and forth that I'd, got, I'd received from that agent. But it said, listen, this was really handled unethically and unprofessionally. You, you, you were, you drug out my buyers, you, you, you strung them along, you got their hopes up. And we think that you did this just to, just to wait for more offers and, and bring in a higher bid. Which is, which is the same thing as saying, we think you did this just to get your own client more money. Yeah. That's, which, it, it, which is our job. I, I, it is, Mark, but there also is an ethical part of this with the contracts and, sure. you know, um, uh, response times sure. and things like that. Yep. Now, I felt like we did that. I felt like I was open it and It sounds honest. like you were very open I in even, terms of your yep. uh, dialogue yeah. with everybody. And, I, and most of this stuff happened on email. I even got an email from uh, Jenny Farrell. Willie Farrell's wife yep. is, a, is a very yep. uh, a successful agent. agent. Yep. Um, she even wrote me this really nice email about how nice... I had handled everything because I put the verbiage in the language in the email that you suggested that said there are there are multiple offers on this situation. I'm not working with any of the buyers. I don't know none of the none of the offers are coming from within my office. And the last line I even put was, and I've never I've never done a previous deal with any of the agents who have sent an offer. So nobody's got yeah, nobody has no an advantage. Nobody has an advantage on anybody here. Yeah. Send me the numbers, and it's going to be decided by that. And she wrote me a thing that said, "Hey, this is really you've, you know this is really professional response on a multiple offer situation." And then yeah, this other, other gentleman just didn't feel the same way. But I did respond to him. I, he never he never wrote back. I did respond to him and say, "Listen, I'm sorry, you feel that way," and and kind of went through the timeline of that the, we the just laid th out. The thing that I don't understand, I realize we're talking technical here, and maybe some people don't care, but hey, whatever, it's our podcast. Um, <laughs> it is they submit an offer. Uh, he was notified, or they, the agents, were notified at some point. We have multiple offers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. At this, so they had a chance to revise and send. They knew they weren't the only one on the table yep. at that point. So my my question the whole time has been like, what exactly was the beef? I, that, that's what I don't get. Now here here's the beef. The beef was my client doesn't get the house. Yeah, and, and I got to go back and tell okay. my client you didn't get the house. And and in retrospect, the offer that they did submit wasn't even close. To getting the job done, yeah, and on they, the house they did resubmit and and upped it a few thousand, but it's still, still was way not, off. Still was yeah, I think eight thousand short of what yeah. the other offer was, something like that. Several, yeah. maybe even ten. Yep. Um, the uh, yeah, the, he was upset. Obviously, that his the, 
we're all going through this with buyers right now, man. You, are, We are seeing a ton of homes and everything gets sold. I mean, you can't talk about a home. Yeah, You've got to walk in and say, this is it, write the offer now, and bing, bang, boom, you got to go. And so it's frustrating. And I'm, and, and they, exp- they had explained a lot to me about this buyer when I talked to that agent that night. And there was a very personal story with it, okay? And, and I didn't tell them that when I relayed that to my sellers, because I tell them all that stuff, okay? Even the heartstring stuff, I tell them. Uh, it, that worked. It, my, my, my male bo- seller came from the exact same home that, this, that they had excri- described to me. Yep. So it worked. They were really, really, and I told them, you're in the driver's seat, okay? We're, but that was before we got an offer that was dumb. Yeah. And I tried to explain that to them. Like I was... I was a trying to do my job, trying to do what was best for my client, and at the end of the day, that's what happened. And I didn't. It's not like I drug this thing out. The house was sold in a twenty-four hour period yep. from the time we listed it until the time we shut off showings and shut off taking offers was twenty-nine hours, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So I don't know how is yeah the fact that he accused me of dragging it out. Because we didn't rush to accept their offer, which was the first one. And we've been there. I've been there with these sellers. I was there as yeah. we, we got into a home. We were the first ones to see it. We were the first ones to write an offer. And then it ended up that we lost you don't, out. You don't, because you don't get it. We, we were writing subject to sale that day, which is a contingency. Yeah. Somebody else came in with no contingencies. What's they, even weird, though, is that this offer that was written had an acceptance time of 10 p.m., but even before 10 p.m., you had multiple offers coming. It out. did. Well, yeah. yeah. There, was no dra- there was no dragging Explain out. that to him also. And to give you an idea, Mark, the, by the way, the, the, the bid that won, these time frame things, like yeah. we're going we're gonna to pinch you so you have to make a decision right away. Yeah. The bid that won... That that contract didn't end until five o'clock today. Oh wow! Yeah, that's how much time. they they wanted to play. <laughs> they weren't trying to race into a tight situation. Yeah. They were saying, which sellers like? Absolutely, sellers yeah. like to know that you're willing to give them some time. And to this think is about this it. is a note for other people too. This is something that I always notice that Mark Cuban would do on Shark Tank. I don't know if you ever watched Shark Tank. Yeah, or not. yeah, I love it. But Mark Cuban would put an offer out there before the other sharks had even made an offer. He doesn't always do it, but he does this sometimes. And they're like, oh, I'd really like to uh, see what the other offers are going to be. And Mark Cuban says, you're on a shot clock. I need an answer. You got 30 seconds. And now they're, they're pushed to a decision. And a lot of times they'll say, okay, I'll take the deal because they don't want to pass up on Mark Cuban, who's probably the most popular on that show. But a lot of people don't like that. They don't like that. If you tell a seller, like, you have one hour to respond to our offer, a lot of sellers are going to say, like, get lost. Get lost. Especially right now. Just because they don't want to be pushed like right. that. So you got to be really careful yeah. on leverage and, and, un- and understanding who has the leverage. Yeah. And right now, in most cases, the sellers have the leverage, yeah. not the buyers. So I hope, uh, you know, the good news is if, the, if he reaches out to my boss, my boss is my buddy. And so <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the good news. But I do... Uh, you've talked about this with me before, Mark, in this business that you, you know, you always say, not everybody likes me and I'm okay with that. But then privately you do say, there is a thing. There's this thing at the end of the night where you go, I don't want people out there saying, 
have you done a deal with Peterson? Like that dude is unethical as crap. You are not going to believe what he did. Cause there but is that, enough- that's the thing though. I know that people here aren't doing those things. I know yeah. that I'm not doing those things. People, yeah, people will not, start the rumor train or whatever because you beat them out for a listing or because you didn't accept their buyer's offer or because uh, you're better looking than them or whatever. There can be a million reasons, Ross. And because of that, suddenly like, well, I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy. It's not because anything actually unethical was done. This is a tough business at times. And the thing that agents lose sight of all the time, which I tell you guys here to not do, is the things that happen in these deals are not ultimately our decision. Agents lose sight of the fact that it's a client, it's a seller, and it's a buyer making the decisions. And we are relaying information. Yes, we can provide guidance and all of that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not up to us what offer gets accepted. It's up to somebody else. So when agents get all butthurt about that, it sucks for sure. But I know you guys are doing a good job because I don't get complaint call after complaint call about you guys. I just don't. So He said complaint call after complaint call, which means he's got complaint calls. means I've got one. No. You, <laughs> you, guys, do, you guys do great. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here coming up. Uh, my wife sent me some uh, quiz thing. It looks a little deep, which we're not going to go deep. It's the, uh, the, the Prost, P-R-U-S-T, Proust, Prost questionnaire prost questionnaire uh I'm, I'm down i like it i mean there's a lot of questions i'll ask you a few here coming up um have you ever got your back waxed ross mark i don't believe i have a single hair on my back that's impressive i don't well <laughs> johnny can you check him out john i am not a hairy dude go ahead and show uh john John, will you uh, check out Ross, see if he has a single hair on his back? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll take my shirt. Ross is going to take his shirt off. Let's go. I'm willing to bet. I mean, Ross, okay, so Ross has a little bit of a, of a spotty chest patch. Ross has got, he does not have a thick. Smooth, smooth. He does not have a thick quaffed of chest hair. Nope. Ross has almost no belly hair. No, there's no, no, no. Do you shave? No, I don't shave at all. Wow, Ross has almost nothing on his stomach. A little bit, little, little bit of that. So what, what was the verdict, John? What's it looking like back there? Wow. You're a lucky man. Now, here's what's funny, Ross. Who has more hair on their head between you and me? The, the answer is I have. tell you, she's a lucky gal. Isn't hair a funny She'll thing? tell you all about it. Hair, Ross, by the way. I have, I have more hair on my head than you do. Yeah, big time. Okay. So you're you're losing. You had hair. You're losing it there, but you never had it down lower. Right. Right. I have too much. Shoot. I have too much in places I don't want it. Right. So I got my back waxed the other day. Okay. How'd that go? Doesn't feel very. I good. I bet, dude. Don't thank you at all. It doesn't feel very good. No. I'd like to send you. This would be almost a, a prank. Send you <laughs> to a back waxer. So the way it works is the way it went for me is they said, okay, they step out like they would for a massage. It's, it's in a massage room. And they said, go ahead and take your shirt off, lay it back on the table or down face down on the table and I'll be back. And they come back, you know, in 30 seconds. Cause you're not, you're not getting naked like you would for a massage or down to your undies. Your you're off. just taking your shirt off. So I do that and they come in and, and uh, this was not a scene out of four year old virgin where someone yelled, we're going to need more wax. <laughs> it wasn't one of those. But imagine you doing it. They come back in the room. They look at your back and they There's go. not a hair. What are, you, what are you doing here? You go, I'm self-conscious. My wife told me that she saw a hair. Yeah. Back there, I want to get to take a She wouldn't tell me where. She just told me there was a hair on my back. Uh, it does not feel good. 
this was technically the second time I got my back wax, I think. So I got electrolysis done years ago, which was like six treatments over six months, like one a month. And that's like a rubber band snap sensation um, across your whole back. It just snap, 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 snap. And I do think that reduced some hair, but it clearly did not get rid of it. And that was probably like two grand. Oh my gosh! Two grand over six months, you know, so it's spread but, out a but, little bit. But the but the sales pitch was that with that electroly, electrolysis, your hair will be gone. It, re, it destroys yeah. the hair follicle, and it yeah. will never. So it's the bulb, right? What the waxer said the other day is like they call them bleeders. If you bleed, if they wax you and you start bleeding, that means that the bulb of the hair mm-hmm. has come out, mm-hmm. and you'll never have hair there again, according to what she said. Okay. Electrolysis is supposed to do the same thing. It's supposed to kill the bulb. Now, it doesn't pull it out because when you go in to see a wax or a electrolysis, at least when I did it, they had to shave before you even got there. So there's no pulling of anything. It's just whatever, light, radiation. I don't even know what it is, but it's supposed to kill the bulb. Well, a lot of bulbs didn't get killed in my, my case. So going to Vegas next week, didn't want to have a hairy back for the pool. So went and did it, and I didn't bleed that much, but... We'll see. We'll see what grows back. But not a, not a pleasant experience. No, dude. So the places that I do have hair growing that I, in my nose and my ears. Did you have a trimmer, though? Yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. A, have a trimmer. Um, I will be honest, though, man. For the most part, I just pluck my nose hairs. Oh, God, that hurts. Makes me sneeze, and I like it. Oh, it hurts. Oh, I like it. Just hurts so good. You know when you're supposed to do that, honestly? Yeah, it hurts. And it does make a big difference. It hurts so good. So when I shave, occasionally I get the random like hair that's like higher up above your beard line yeah, that you right, pluck. Right. Yep. The time to do it is right after you've taken a hot shower. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Soft, warm, everything's less loose. pain. Right, right. No a lot doubt. less pain when you do it. Yeah. So I um, do. I, in fact, Mark, I, I shave in the shower um, and I don't use shaving cream. Now you shave, shave. Razor. Shave with a razor. Yeah, I do not. I use uh, electric. Yeah, I shave with a razor, and I basically, you know, take the get in. I get the get my shampoo, wash up my head, and then I just use that lather and soap up my face, and then take the razor and just. You got a mirror in no, there? No. No, I just do. I just do it. Do you go up on your throat or down? I go both ways. Everywhere on my face. Everywhere. Yep. Interesting so I technique. Start, I start with a, a down on each from the sideburns on each cheek. Yeah. Make sure I get my or in my mustache goatee area. Yeah. And then the throat straight down. I okay. do all of that down. Yep. And then I go up and I start with the throat. And I come back up through my chin and the goatee area. And then I do my cheeks and my sideburn areas going going the other direction. And then while I'm doing that, I kind of like run my fingers behind it to make sure that it's smooth. So let me ask you this. You're obviously a pro. You do this a lot. Do you, uh, the most common place to get a nick usually for a man is the, the neck, maybe around the Adam's apple. Yeah, right. When you shave your Adam's apple, do you pull your skin Oh, I've out never thought of that, to be a honest bit. with you. No. Because if you just go over it, you're hitting the ridge. Yeah. Right? That, and if look you at, pull out, yeah. it's going to be a little smoother. I, I got that. I'm one of these guys with this nasty, bony, huge Adam's apple. I don't, I don't think so. You don't th- I, well, no. when I shave, it feels like I'm... Johnny, look at me. Let me see your Adam's apple. No, his is, his is fine. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's like okay. prominent. I'm just, I'm just skinny. And so it does stick out enough that I, that's my most common place for nicks are right there. What you're saying to me is I have a fat neck and you can't see mine No, I can't see you or John's. I don't think you don't have fat necks. John's is there. See, when John does that, you can, yeah. Yeah. 
kind of if you do that's it, a, that's another line from Forty Year Old Virgin. Forty Year Old Virgin's the theme day. Hey guys, they send him a tranny. And she hey goes, guys, what's this remind you? Of? He's got an <laughs> Adam's apple bigger than my balls. If I flick it like this, what's that remind you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Adam. <laughs> You've been in a lot of fights. Have you ever Adam's apple somebody? <laughs> You've been in a lot of fights. Have you? Have you just jacked someone right in the Adam's apple? Never. I don't. That would hurt. I, you say this. Of, I don't. You remember. told me you've gotten your ass kicked like ten times. So I that no, that I means you've been in a lot you, of fights. I don't. I didn't tell you I've had my ass kicked ten times. I've had my ass kicked. How many times? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the last time it was. I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I punched. I think the last time I punched it was my best one of my best friends, Ryan Child. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, so it's not like I. You say like, I, you know. Let's put odds. I saw. On. I let's saw, put. Let's put odds. I, on I've this. seen a lot of fights. How about that? If That's you if you work here and we're friends for the next ten years, what are the odds that you'll punch me at some point? I will never punch another person in my life unless they did something to my kids or my wife. I wouldn't. What if I cup checked you? What if I Mitch cup checked you? Would you? Well, I mean, I might, would, I you, might, would you react in anger? I might open hand slap you. <laughs> hey, Ross, who's the uh, XGM of the Lakers? Cup check? Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, capital of Thailand. Bangkok. Um, <laughs> oh, you want me to bang? You want me to Bangkok? Yeah. Hey, did you hear about the uh, horse race? What's what's that one? It's where you, uh, oh, oh, you didn't hear about it? Charlie Horse. And you Charlie Horse. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, finished second, lost by a hair, and you tug there, and then you pull I, their hair. I was talking to my wife about this the other day, about how my kid at his age is, uh, he's almost 10. Eli's 10, right? Yep. And my kid's still very nice. And when his friends are around, they're pretty nice. And I was trying to remember... I assume you did this. When, at what age did did you and your friends start being a little bit more mean to each other, Dude. and doing things like Charlie horses, where you just punch them in the arm as hard as you could? It is funny you're asking this question. I bet Mark. your brother it did is. that to you. Oh yeah. It's I had Indian burns. You know what my brother used to do? Yeah, noogies. My brother, Indian burns. I got a, the best one. Did your did, my brother used to typewriter me? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! Yeah. When you pin the arms down and you like tap 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 on your chest and then sit. smack him in the head. Yeah, what we now know to be known as the full mount. <laughs> he would uh, sit on my chest. Yeah. He'd pin my arms down under his knees. Yep. And then he'd thump me in the chest. He'd thump me yeah. with, with his fingers like he was typing on a typewriter. Oh yeah. And then remember how you had when you got to the end of the page? Yeah. You remember how you had to you return? Had to slide it back. You had to slap the side of the typewriter to get it to slide back. Yep. Yeah. So you go, da 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 da. Yeah. Ding ding. As you yeah. use my left temple as the return. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it, Brad! Brad! I'm gonna tell. He's like, shut I'd, up. I'd be screaming. Shut, shut up. up. And you know what great parents would do? They'd come in and look just to make sure you're alive, and then leave. They'd, whatever. You guys, you guys figured out. <laughs> yeah, that's I had. I had. Or great. maybe maybe a half ass from your mom. <laughs> Brad, get off your brother. Come on, come on. We're sick of hearing him scream. Get off your Jeez. brother. That would be the extent. I it's about. I remember it. Oh uh, my! Right. My wife's brother used to uh, do the same uh, maneuver to her. And then, like, do, like, one of those long where you start to spit and yes. you just let it fall out of yes. your mouth. Yes. And then as it would get close, suck it back, suck up. It back up. Oh, and Brad did. Brad lost that timing a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. right on your face. Oh, yeah. I, this is why I feel bad for people that don't have siblings. You know? John's here. He has no siblings. See, I feel bad. See, nobody man, was typewriting John. No. Nobody, nobody was putting loogies in his face. And then, Mark, I, I was so lucky because I... Who did? 
Oh, I had a friend that was helping uh, him, helping him out. I also had the older sister who was an angel who loved yeah. me like I was her own little baby. Yeah, and I loved her like she was, you yep. know, the, the most perfect person on the planet. How much older is she? She's six years old. All right, mine's me. four. So yeah, that's a, that. That all works out. That's why when I said your brothers, because I was thinking of your brother and your brother-in-law. Yeah. Um. Uh, but anyway, the uh, uh, yeah. So Marcy was always my protector and my. My brother and I, I laugh about it all now because it was all in good fun. It all made me the person I am. And uh, and Brad and I are great friends. And yeah. I, I, I wish I were more like him. He's yeah. an amazing dude. So I just, you know, now, all you, of these all of these stories, I have such, it, it, it brings such a joy now, to my face. I, to I will pick it. on Seton a little bit. I'll do the hockey move. I'll come in and just whip his shirt up over his head so, <laughs> so he can't move. My wife doesn't like it when I do this one, but I've done this one a couple of times. I've given him a, a wedgie and picked him up by his underwear yep. and like carried him around a little yeah. bit. My wife doesn't like it when I do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, ah, he'll be fine. So, so a couple things here. First of all, my 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 11 year old's already about 180, so yeah. it's hard for me to <laughs> yeah. do that with him. Yeah. Uh, but you asked. It's so funny you're asking about this, Mark, because I have noticed it turning. Yep. Eli is in fifth grade, and he's going to be going to middle school next year. Yep. And I feel like this was about the time that my buddies and I started to do this. I think middle really school might be the toughest age, growing up. I think that's where uh, kids think, start think, to do stupid stuff. Yeah, you start and your your body's changing. They start a lot to think shoplifting's cool. They yeah, start to uh, start their vocabulary to, starts to get pretty bad. You're gonna do anything to impress girls. Yeah, Eli's sense of humor has yeah. turned pretty dark. He tells some jokes the other day that I was yeah. like, dude, those aren't those are bad. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's not a ten yeah. year old joke. Um, so it's funny that you're asking me about this because we are just noticing it. Aaron and I have talked about it. We've even said stuff to Eli like, hey, we're noticing some things. They're starting to change. We're not fans of it. You got to be careful because mm-hmm. we all know, man. These uh, well, I know, these roads, these these uh, these dark roads turn real dark real quick. Yep. Your brain, your brain can find, especially today, dude. You, he's got a phone. Yeah. He's the internet in his pocket. Yeah. He's ten, and yeah. that's dangerous. And yeah. I know that. And I know that TikTok is dangerous. And he's got that. And I and you know. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a dangerous sea to navigate. Times are changing. Yep. You, want, you want to answer some questions here? Yeah. You said you had like a quiz of some type. I'm, I it's love not, these. Not things, even man. a quiz. You're the best at these because you'll actually answer it. I know a lot of people that won't, or they give bullshit answers. Yeah. You actually give good ones. Uh, a lot of questions here, so I'm not going to ask them all. I'm just uh, perusing the list here. Um. Uh, this one's a little dark, but we'll go with it. What is your greatest fear? Um, uh, well, that's a, that, that's a complex one, isn't it? That's a really good question. My biggest fear would be something happening to my kids. Yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. Um, the, and, and, I mean, you know, getting sick, getting any, any anything happening to them. That's <laughs> any bad. of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but my biggest, like, uh, um, I don't like snakes. I don't like uh, mice. Are, Surprises me a little bit about you. Yeah. I don't like I'm, snakes. I'm an outdoorsman. I, mean, I love yeah, I camping. I, I love know. being outside. I don't mind critters at all, <laughs> but there's also something about a mouse too, man, that, that unexpected, maybe that's it with the snake too. I think we think they're going to bite us. That's what it is it's with the small just, ones. They're, they're kind of harmless, but I think we think, man, if I touch this thing, it's going to bite me and then I'm going to get something weird. I have this thing. I could die. I remember being on a fishing trip up in South Dakota and, uh, I was sleeping out in the living room and 
we had uh, we had some stuff in the corner that was in like a plastic grocery sack, and in the middle of the night, I could hear. Yeah. And it woke me up. I'm like, crap. There's a mouse over there in the sack. So I went over and I turned the light on in the living room, and mm-hmm. I'm and it's and I know I know there is a mouse in that sack. Yeah. And I know that as I start to walk over there, that mouse is going to come running out of that sack. He's I know gonna, these he's things. He's going to squeak. He's going to he's going to run. He's going to run, and he might. And I know those things are going to happen. And you uh-huh. know what? It still scares the crap out of me. Yep. It it I, it happened, and you jump across a the- mouse in your house. Never a good thing. Ah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that wasn't. Uh, what is the trait you most deplore in others? I know mine. Uh, Do you want me to say mine or no? Yeah, say yours because mine mine is seems weird. I think mine's greed. I don't like greed. Yeah, greed's a turn off for me, big time. Uh, Greed, Mark is 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 probably a good way of saying I don't like when people. I don't like when people don't do the golden rule thing. Treat people the way you want to be treated. I don't like it when people are rude with um, wait staff, you know, things like that. People little, little, little people. Yet when they feel like they have some sort of perceived power or control over them, they they manipulate it and take advantage of it. I don't like that at all. On what occasion do you lie? Oh man. I think most of us who have wives can answer this question relatively the same. And that question is often something along the lines of, what do you think about this? And it's an outfit. It's a hairstyle. It's a something. I mean, now my wife would say, you don't lie. I've, I've told her, like, she wore something. And I'm like, I do not like that shirt. You remind me of the mom off of Goonies. She didn't like that, That's but it was not good. I, exactly. But she wore black and the shirt reminded me of it, et cetera. And I'm like, I don't like that shirt. I don't, I, and I was very honest. I said, I don't think you look good in that shirt. Now, should I have lied? Probably. Yes, you should have. Lied. But that would have meant I would have kept seeing the shirt, Ross. And guess what happened? I don't see the shirt anymore. So I feel like I did, I did a, uh, a service. Uh, Ross is texting trying, right now. I'm That's trying, why. No, I'm trying to think of a time I would lie. I mean, I'm, I do that. Lying is one of the things I deplore. I just. But you're also human, so you do it on occasion. No, it's probably harmless. And it's I, probably harmless. I like to think that my lies are those white lies, you know, the ones that. Uh, like when your daughter comes to you and asks if you think her artwork is really good. You're like, yeah, of course I do. Okay. So, all right. We're dealing with something different here that I've learned about this morning. Because uh, I listened to this podcast called Hidden Brain from NPR, Sean Kerr Vedantam. I butchered that name. Sean Kerr Vedantam. Okay. Uh, he has become fascinated and, and has now has kind of dedicated part of his career to this phenomena of how we lie to ourselves. Yep. Um, and how sometimes it's a good thing to lie to yourself. You're doing it for some sort of... Uh, uh, subconscious reason that it's a it's a trait that we've developed the best one the best example the one i heard this morning is when you have a child your kid is the most special child ever you if you can step back you know that not to be true yeah you know that your child is one of the millions that have been born in that in the the they're special to you they are there it's and so there's some sort of this perception 
gymnastics that we do where we lie to our, knowing, knowing we, that we're lying to ourselves. We lie to ourselves. You just did it. Yeah, yeah, my kid's special. And every parent out there is doing the same thing that we're all, that we, we're all doing right now. Well, yeah, my kid is special to me. My kid's special to me. It's not, is your kid special? Yeah, my kid's special. Yeah. And in most cases, they're not. They're average. Exactly. They're right. They're average. They have but, an average brain. They so, have average speed. They have average height. They, so why do, we, why do we do that? Why do we lie to us? Because raising kids is hard. Raising kids is expensive. Raising kids is uh, an, in, an incredible commitment. So if you are able to convince yourself that this thing is special, that this thing is different, that this thing is worth That's it, all worth then it. you're going to be a better parent. You're going it, it, to... It's going to... Might be some truth to yeah, that. Right. Might be some truth. Uh, what is the quality you most like in a woman? Now, Ross, I said quality. I didn't say feature. I like titties. I didn't say feature, Ross. Uh-huh. Did not, I did not say feature. Quality. Um, Do you most person, like in a Sense woman? of humor. Sense of humor. I like girls that can laugh and... Laugh at themselves. Laugh at themselves. Just La- sense laugh of at the humor. joke. Laugh at, laugh at the room. Be a part of the... Yeah. That's, that's a big turn on to me. When and where were you happiest? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a great question, man. Really hard, really hard to pinpoint. And uh, dude, I, I you know it's, I, I have I is I have a few pinpointed moments right now. I have a few pinpointed moments, weird ones. Uh, walking into the World Series the first time that was really cool. I'll never forget that moment with my best friend. It, it, it was the, it was the James Earl Jones line, man. I dipped myself in magic waters. It, it was, it was, it, I can't even explain it. Um, I have this moment that's really weird. And I, I mentioned Dusty and Luann. They listen to this podcast a lot. They have uh, pool parties and I can remember one seven, eight years ago. Eli was three, couldn't swim yet. Um, and I, I remember it was just the most perfect day. I can remember floating with him on my chest and just being in that pool and just thinking, God, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fishing day, several fishing days would come to mind. Yep. Um, where you're out on the water and you're catching fish and you're having an awesome conversation and you're drinking good beer uh, or you're, you know, we, we got stranded on an island or, yeah, like the, the, I have a lot of, I'm a happy guy. I'm a, I'm a happy guy. And, but those, there are moment, there are pinpointed moments in my mm. life that I would, I'd go back to in a moment and say, yeah, th- take take me there right now, and yeah. that'd be good. The birth of Eli's birth, Audrey's was different. She was born cesarean, and there was a lot, there were a lot of problems with Aaron's surgery. Yeah. None of my children's birth, by the way, for the record, were one of my happiest moments because my wife had C-sections every single time, yeah, and the moment different. of the birth is kind of tenuous. And yeah, right, right. Like, I'm more nervous or yeah. scared feeling than I was happy. Eli's birth is definitely, I can remember specific moments of that day. Uh, man, yeah, those are all, those are all really good ones. I had a really nice camping trip with, uh, with my mom back in 2019, summer of 2019 that had a lot of fun memories in it. Um, it was just her and me and the, and the kids and there, I have a couple pictures of that, that Eli and I caught some really nice fish on that trip. I caught two bass on one lure in one cast, which is amazing. Hard to, hard amazing. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot. How about you? What's. Um, happy, happy moment. I don't, I don't, 
when I think back, I'm like, I, I, I don't have the one where I'm like that. That was the one. I mean, everybody has happy moments, clearly. Um, but as I'm thinking more generally, um, when I look back at pictures, uh, especially of my uh, of my daughter, I have two sons, but I have one daughter, so therefore she gets Spe- the, the, the yeah. bulk, the bulk of daddy's love, right? My boys get the man up. Literally, my son came to me crying the other day. Duke is four, crying about something. And I said, knock it off. There was no, he wanted a hug. Knock it off. Maybe it makes me a shitty father. But in this particular moment, for what he was crying about, knock it off. Yeah. You know? Daughter gets them more like, what's, go- what's wrong? You know, it's just different. It's different. Sue me. <laughs> um, but I look back at pictures of my daughter, man, when she was, she's still cute to me, but when she was, little and just daddy is her whole world man just everything just pictures of us together and her hugging me and stuff like that it's like some of my happiest moments are probably when it's like i've got this human and my wife would be the first to admit that she's not all in on me my daughter is you know it's like this person on the on the planet that at least still at this age six man still looks at dad as God. The, the thing. Yeah, right, right. Magic. The thing. You know, yeah. if I say, hey, I'm going to take you out for, for dinner, it's the biggest thing in her world at that point, you know, and that, and so just the appreciation of the fact that that's going to go away. Hopefully she'll always like her dad, but it won't be like it is now. It's so never, never, never like it is now. So yeah. those, those moments where, because mm. you also feel like you are the best thing in the world in that moment when someone's telling you that you are. So that's kind of nice. Um, give you a couple more. If you're if you're game, I'm game. I'm game. I'm here. Um, do, 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 do. I don't know if you'll have one of these. What is your most treasured possession? Oh, that's a good one too, Mark. Um, I, I have a I have one baseball that means a lot to me. I have one baseball bat that has has some stories. Um, I most those are probably the two. I mean, I've got a couple of neat things, neat nostalgic little things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think like you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be very literal. If the, if the house is on fire, what, what would, would you I grab? grab? Kids. But I yeah, right. <laughs> That's the kids. Uh, we, we when I proposed to Aaron or not? I'm sorry. When we got engaged, when we got went on our honeymoon to Jamaica. Um, I got, I pulled a starfish off the ocean floor and had, uh, had a lady, was it chocolate? Kill it and clean it. Stop it. And that sits in our, it's very cool. And it sits in our living room. That's a really cool possession. I have a picture of when I proposed to Aaron. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a very cool possession. But the two that I was thinking of the baseball and the baseball bat, um, a baseball bat that a guy named Bill Hayes gave to me. He was the catcher for the Iowa Cubs. And then it wasn't broken. And we wrote him a letter to thank him for the bat and he wrote back and invited us to come down and play catch on the field oh, and nice. get so we got to know this guy that was a professional baseball player and and he, he thought that, that was sweet that just launched my love of baseball uh the baseball that i have the guy that i used to work with named jan michelson who was like a second father for a long time to me he's amazing dude jan worked in cincinnati for a long time before he came to des moines while he was in Cincinnati on the radio, he was invited to play in a celebrity softball game at Riverfront Stadium where the Reds played. Yep. So he was there playing in this softball game on the Reds field before a Reds game. And not like, I mean, hours before, not right before. He goes into the dugout 
where Pete Rose is sitting. And Pete Rose has a baseball inside of his glove, sets his glove down, and walks away. And Jan, being a butthead and seeing an opportunity, reaches into Pete Rose's glove and takes the baseball. Mm-hmm. Okay? so he, And Jan's not a baseball fan. Jan moves to Des Moines. He brings the baseball. Yep. Bob Feller's museum opens up. Bob Feller brings Stan Musial to town to promote the museum. Stan Musial and Bob Feller come to WHO. Jan grabs Pete Rose's baseball, brings it to the radio station, has Bob Feller and Stan Musial both sign the baseball, Yep. and then he gave it to me as a Christmas present. That's awesome. So I have a baseball that Stan Musial, Bob Once Feller, used by Pete Rose. and allegedly, I know I can prove that Stan Musial and Bob Feller both held this That would baseball. be an interesting, because in the world of collectibles, it's like, what would, what would the value of something be signed by those people? Two specific individuals. Here's the irony. That's got to be pretty rare, I it's, would think. It's not. That's oh, the, they signed a lot of stuff they together. They did. They did because they were traveled around together. Okay. Man, you got to remember, those guys did not make the millions of dollars, right? So they had to kind of supplement their income. They, they had sold to, they their had, autograph. They had to try to capitalize on that fame that was still around for them. Yeah. Uh, all right. Two more. Okay. Um, I love these. We did that one. I like these big questions. These are fun. Um, hold on here. What's your mo- what's your prize possession, by the way? Do I don't really know? have one. I mean, honestly, it's like I like to look, be able to look back in the past. So, like uh, tapes, literal tapes, VHS tapes of uh, the tapes you high, found, high school track. The tapes you stacked in the wall at Nate Lee's yeah. house. I mean, I've got every you know tapes in my high school football <laughs> career track doing doing all of that. So I can show pretty, my that's kids. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Which which I like. Um, <laughs> But I, I think we probably have a similar answer. How would you like to die? <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> uh, I mean, isn't everybody's answer like painlessly in my bed while I sleep? I mean, yeah. honestly. Yeah. That, There's nobody that's like, you know, if I'd like my boat to capsize. I want to die doing what I love. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. Electrical die? work. <laughs> would you want to die during sex, Ross? Would that be like dying, doing what you love? <sighs> I was telling you, I think I was telling, I was, I was telling John. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Oh, wait, we got it. We got an update. Alabama. Leading Mississippi State. Yeah. 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 What? What? In the game or in the first half? Alabama is up 27 in the first half, 39 to 12. Mississippi State, the team. And Mississippi beat, State who beat us by forty. Thumped Iowa State. Yeah, who beat us by forty. Yeah. Um, have you ever had one of those times, Ross? I I think your answer is no. Where you don't probably literally think this, but you're in the middle of coitus, and for whatever reason, maybe you were drunk or something, and it's just the ending is not happening like it might normally, and and you just you're tired, you're sweaty, your heart's beating fast. Can feel it all the way down in my plums. And you're just like, and you just want to get it to the end, and you face that moment where you're like, uh, I'm gonna get there or die trying, man. It's like some nights it's just not happening like it should. Other nights I've had right. a, a couple not, moments yeah, in my life where I'm like, I might die doing this. <laughs> I, I I might die. That's how strenuous this activity is right now. 
I might. This might be. This might be the end. But instead, instead, instead of stopping and letting my heart rate come back down, just I just keep it. going. I'm just man. going for it. If this is the way it goes, you're getting a, you're getting a head rush. This is what God has chosen for yeah. me. You're getting a head rush. You're just like, I've had that moment, dude, where I'm like, I'm not a quitter, man. I'm just. I'm gonna finish this off. I don't care what it takes. Have you? Now you, Ross, say that you get a stiffy with, the, with when the wind blows right. So I don't God. think you probably had one of these moments. No, I have. I have had. I know exactly what you're talking about there. I love your the terminology for it. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, there, good. I'm not on the island by myself. <laughs> So did you did you stop or did you finish? <laughs> you know what's really bad when your wife looks at you, <laughs> your wife looks at you during it and asks if you're okay. <laughs> She's done that before. Are you all right? Are you okay? And you know why she says that? Because sweat is splatting on her face. As, as you're above her, she can tell you're in anguish. <laughs> It's supposed to be this pleasurable moment, and it's the opposite. <laughs> I just want this to be done. Oh, oh man. Oh, my face hurts. I've, I've been there, man. I've been there, and it's not good. Uh, if you need to buy or sell a home, <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my face hurts from laughing. Oh, Ross has been there. He didn't want to admit it. That's good. He's that's, been there. That's funny. We all, I think all of us have been there, Mark. All right. I think every one of us have been there. We've gone way overboard here. We, we ah, need to. Fun. We need, I like, I was, I, like, I, I said a half hour. It's 56 minutes. I like the random questions. That makes everything worthwhile. All right. We got to record some ads, Ross. We got some work to do. Let's do this thing. Oh, by the way, so to stay tuned to uh, 1460 kicks and oh, and also 106.3 FM, whatever that station's called. Uh, next week, you're going to be hearing some Charterhouse real estate ads. And I know a lot of our listeners to this listen to that. So, hey, call us. We'd like to help you save thousands of bucks uh, selling your house. And we love to help you buy one, too, because we make more money when that happens. And we need to keep the doors open for Ross, for Mark, for Johnny Olson selling that Hoiberg house. We bid you a fond farewell. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week.